The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. It's a special edition of Michigan Podcast. We are going to go conference by conference, picking the win total over-unders for every major college football team next. But there's going to be one team that's going to play solely as a team. No man is more important than the team. No coach is more important than the team. The team, the team, the team. Looks deep for Anthony Clark. Waits for it. Him caught. This is no time for that. In the pocket and a sack. Tim Jamison. Brady gets terrific. Frozen and a touchdown night again. Schultz just before Brazil got him. And a leaping interception by Woodson. Harbaugh back to throw over the middle. Caught by Kolodar at the five on his feet. Touchdown, Michigan. On its way. It's good. He's 5'7", 179 pounds. A junior at Michigan. But Jamie Morris packs a wallop, and he delivers for Bo Schindler. And here's your first play. Pressure coming. Second. It is Glenn Steele, number 81, who fought his way through the traffic. Option. And Robinson calls his own number, and he's going to score. Oh, an easy touchdown for Robinson and Michigan. win the championship again because we're going to play as a team and when we play as a team and the old season is over you and I know it's going to be Michigan again Michigan Steve Dace, and again, welcome to a special edition of Michigan Podcast. You know, we're in a bit of a lull here with fall camps just starting up. News is a little slow to begin trickling out. The Big Ten is not has just actually started its bus tour, hasn't aired its first special yet at the time that we are taping this. So why not take advantage of the lull? And let's go through every major conference and every major college football team and give you my win total over-unders for every single squad, including my best bets in every single league. Now, this is a bit of a Herculean task that not even I, with my prodigious effort and ability to continue to talking without saying anything, could possibly pull off on just my own. Therefore, we bring in our good friend, who himself is a college football idiot savant, has a phenomenal channel here on YouTube, uh, the voice of college football, maybe the one and only reasonable bucknut, Mark Rogers. Good to see you, my friend. How is you? Good to see you, Steve. Well stated. 
Uh, I was going to challenge you on savant, but as soon as you threw idiot in there as well, yes. I'm right there with you. Yeah. Self-awareness, it's good to have that these days. Not a lot of it going around, Mark, so it's good to be aware of who you are. As And um, we applaud that here on this program. So are you ready to go? Yeah, as long as anybody's not going to run out there and be foolish and, and like actually take these to the bank, yes, let's do it for fun. Let's go. Because I also know from a over-under standpoint, I am matched up against the master here. This is kind of my thing, is, is the futures. You're better at the games, no doubt. You, you have a better game record than I do. But, I, but the future betting and the trend, the, the for, the trend forecasting is what I tend to be uh, better at. But we'll see. I, I probably just jinxed it right now. Now, if I have recommended this on my Patreon page as a bet in the past, bet it myself, or uh, if it's a best bet from that conference, I will tell the audience as we go through here in each conference. So let us begin. These are my over-under over win total picks for the Big 12 Conference. I'm going to go with Oklahoma over 11. I just think 12-0 uh, and 0 is more likely than 10-2. and 2. Yes, they tend to have that one game every year, but I, I just don't see them having two with as loaded as this team is. I know they lost two games last year, but I think a lot of that was getting Spencer Rattler acclimated to the starting quarterback spot. I'm going to go Iowa State over nine and a half. Now, as maybe the only uh, Michigan fan Iowa State homer in all of America, I'm a little skittish on this one because I, I think nine and three is very possible. And you're also giving a program that has never won 10 games in a regular season in its history a historic high of a win total here. But the Cyclones are bringing absolutely everybody back. Um, and 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 they're. I don't think they're going to be a team that will be, um, you know, fixated on hype. They did that last year, remember, against Louisiana and paid for it. I think they learned their lesson, and these guys all came back this year uh, because they intended to make another title run. I'm going to go Texas under eight. I don't understand all the Steve Sarkeesian love whatsoever. Their best player, uh, you know, looks like it's Bijan Robinson, a running back that they didn't use enough last year. I, I don't know why we're making a big deal about what Casey Thompson did in the bowl game against a Colorado team that was pretty depleted and overrated anyway. Uh, defensively, they've lost quite a bit. I mean, who's their big weapon on the outside? I mean, I look at Iowa State. I could make the case they have the best player in the Big 12 at every single position group. I mean, I wouldn't pick Brock Purdy over Spencer Rattler, but Brock Purdy was the all-Big 12 quarterback last year, not Spencer Rattler. Um, but with Texas, I just think there's a lot of questions there, and and I just don't think Steve Sarkeesian is an upgrade over Tom Herman, frankly. Um, I, I'm going to take TCU over 7.5. I think Max Duggan is going to have a surprise season for them. Uh, I think you're going to see a breakout also from with former five-star tailback Zachary Evans, and you know they're going to play defense there. So I'm going to go TCU over 7.5. I guess I'm going to go Oklahoma State over seven and a half. They have a very difficult schedule, including Boise State in the non-conference. So I'm basically going to do that on the the record of the mullet. Uh, I'm going West Virginia under six and a half. And you can see that's my best bet under bet in the league. I think they lose in the non-conference to Maryland early on. And to me, I just don't think they're special anywhere. I mean, they're okay. But but I just think six and six is a lot more likely than seven and five. I'm going to go Kansas State over five and a half. That's my best bet over in the conference. I think having um, Skylar Thompson back with Deuce Vaughn, that's that's as good of a one-two combo in this league other than what Oklahoma and Iowa State are bringing to the table. I'm going to go Baylor over five and a half. 
I guess. You know, I don't. Okay. I I don't know. Uh, I'm going Texas Tech (laughs) over four and a half. Uh, I think their schedule, their non-conference schedule, um, has a couple of wins there. I think Tyler Shuck coming in from Oregon will give them some stability uh, at quarterback, but that's not a confident play. And I'm going Kansas under one and a half. All right. So, Mark, let's lay out your picks now for the Big 12. Run them down for us. Yeah, so I've got uh, three disagreements with you. So I looked at my predictions that are being released right now on my channel, and uh, there there's some pushes there. So I'm hedging a lot of those because I just simply looked at my predictions, and unfortunately, some of the over-under totals come uh, directly on a win total. So I'm just being honest there, but I also wanted to um, give you an over-under if somebody held – the gun to my head, proverbially. Mm-hmm. So with Oklahoma, that's exactly what it is, is that I'm picking the Sooners to go 11-1. and one. Um, So I would take the over for them to go undefeated, gun to the head. Uh, looking at uh, the differences there, and, and like you with Iowa State, it's kind of interesting because I love this senior-laden team that I think is, this is the window of opportunity right here. Look at the positions on offense in particular. This is the team that needs to get it done and, and so I've got them with 10 wins, but at the same time, yes, uh, I think people out there in College Football Nation may be getting a little bit too high and geeked for just looking for a challenger to, to Oklahoma. And, you know, Iowa State, sure, they could get on the same field with Oklahoma on a given Saturday and uh, win that game and pull off the upset, but they can also go out there and lose one or two games to that second tier in the Big 12, which for me includes Texas. And I'm right there at eight and four on Texas. And for one of the few times, Steve, I'm hoping not a whole lot of my audience is watching this show because they're going to be, you know, let in on some of these predictions. Uh, TCU, (laughs) in regards to just sheer numbers, I'm the most confident because I've got him with nine wins. So do I. And much like you, I I think Max Duggan is a guy that's come back from a horrific um, sickness And I just heard great things about his development. I think he's just excited to be back on the field and playing. And TCU, much like their better teams of seven, eight years ago, and that team that almost reached the playoffs, freakish NFL-type DNs and corners, you know, guys on defense that are just can just run and hit. And I expect that defense to go back to what it was in Gary Patterson's heyday there. Uh, Mike Gundy pretty much has, uh, I think, Big 12 has legislated that he goes eight and four every year. So that's kind of a d- default. Uh, I, I'm going the other way on West Virginia. I like Neil Brown. I think he's doing a great job there. I believe as well that uh, Jared Dagey, the quarterback, 14 to four TD to pick ratio, that they're going to cut him loose a little bit more. Uh, I believe we discussed Letty Brown last week. I, I just, in looking at West Virginia's schedule, uh, they've got two very make or break in terms of this win total non-conference games against Maryland and Virginia Tech. You talk about toss-up games. Yeah. That's going to that's gonna make that number right there, most likely. Um, Baylor, I'm going under just based on the schedule. I do think Dave Aranda is doing a nice job. He was one of those first-year head coaches that had basically no chance last year. No spring practices, just no contact with the team, and just scrambled together a two and seven record but they were very close to being much better than that 
had a lot of one-score losses. Uh, Texas Tech, uh, they're going to figure out quarterback, and they still have quite the competition, even though Tyler Shuck, you would uh, expect to be the starter coming in from Oregon. But he had his troubles there last year and, and just relied on better talent around him. And then there's poor Kansas. If they can eke out the win, I will feel good about uh, the Jayhawks. One, the only team I think I would take an issue with you there is West Virginia. And it's for the reasons you actually already cited. I mean, if you've got to get to seven wins and you're playing two power five teams that are what I would rate toss-up games against Maryland and Virginia Tech in the non-conference, if you lose one of those, okay, so if they lose one of those, they've got to go six and three in the Big 12, Mark. You understand that, right? I understand that. I've okay. got them at uh, sweeping those games and going four. If they go four and five, okay. If you got them and, sweeping those games, that makes sense. Yeah, I've but to me, like I think if they go, the if conference. they sweep those games, they're going to be like a top twenty-five team, in my opinion. You know what I'm saying? Like if they sweep those games, they're not going to like. I don't think they go like seven and five if they sweep those See, games. This speaks more to my lack of confidence in Virginia Tech and Maryland. I think yeah, they're very I, I don't have much confidence in Virginia Tech, which we'll get to here a little bit later on. Okay. All right. Let's go to the next league up on the up on the board. Let's look at the Pac twelve. All right. So I'm you know, I'm a Michigan fan. I'm not permitted any level of grace or mercy, so I don't get to pick pushes. So I had to do gun to the head on all these teams. Like I think Washington is going nine and three. I think Arizona State's going nine and three, but again, I, I've got to take the dirt road uh, as a Michigan fan. So so I just if I've got to make a pick, I think eight and four is more likely for Washington than ten and two. Oregon, I'm gonna give a sneaky under two. Now their schedule's a little tougher than people think. I'm not sure about Anthony Brown at quarterback. Arizona State, I've got under nine. Now they've got another coach that just put out administrative leave today, so who knows what's going on with that uh, situation there. USC over eight and a half just almost looks too easy to me, like I'm being trapped, okay? Because this isn't Wake Forest where you're like, well, nobody follows. I mean, this is USC. I mean, that, that win total is probably a good full game lower than what the public perception is of this team coming into the season. So I'm going over, but that number has me scared. Utah, I love. That's my best bet over in this conference. In fact, one of my futures plays, I bet Utah 15 to 1 to win the Pac 12 about a month and a half ago. You can still get it at 7 to 8 to 1. I think they're the best overall team in the league. I think Charlie Brewer's addition is the sneaky best transfer no one's talking about. He's a perfect fit for what uh, this program is all about. This team looks a lot like the Baylor team that Brewer went uh, uh, and won 11 games with. A couple of years ago. I'm going to go with uh, UCLA over seven. Here's the thing. I love the makeup of the roster with the experience. I like the development of Dorian Thompson Robinson. I don't like this schedule, so I'm really torn with them. I mean, to me, I think they're probably a seven and five team, but I just think they've got too much returning to go six and six. I just can't tell you how they're going to get to eight and four. So I guess I'll just play the over there. Cal is one of the best bets on my Patreon page, but I got it at five and a half at six. I would lay off, but if you made me make a pick, I would go over Washington state. I'm going under at six Oregon state. I'm going to go under at four and a half. It's not just the conference schedule, but a road game in the non-conference at Purdue. Colorado under four and a half is my best bet under in this league. If you look at a lot of their numbers and win expectancy last year, and, and hey, they had a nice first season, four and two, got to a bowl game, but they way overperformed their analytics. And I think uh, we're going to see some regression in the mean this year. 
I'm going to take Stanford over four, but that rem- that looks like the USC number. I'm not high on Stanford at all. But that number just seems like so insulting. Like on principle, I have to take the over, which means I'm probably walking into a trap. And with Arizona, you know, we're obviously, as Michigan fans, uh, get a root for the new head coach out there. I just don't see where the three, win- three wins are coming from, Marks. So those are my picks in the Pac-12. What about yours? Our Pac-12 situation, Steve, we've got three differences, and they are not the Arizona-Oregon State variety. They matter. Washington, Oregon, right out of the gate. I like the Huskies and the Ducks. Of course, they're playing each other, so there's a loss for one of them right Mm -hmm. out of the gate. Oregon's got the trip to Columbus. That's most likely a loss. I am in the push category, so I've released my Oregon prediction. I'm in 9-3, and but gun to the head, I go with the over if need be, Washington, I've got at ten and two. So you and you and they're... Phil Steele, this is one of Phil Steele's big surprise uh, yeah, Cinderella plays for this season is Washington. Yeah, likes the Washington Huskies. On down the line, I don't know what the love is for UCLA, especially playing LSU right out of the gate after they play Hawaii, which is a losable game. So that's our other big disagreement. And if you see my initial, they are marked next to Utah first and foremost. So like you, uh, in just analyzing the schedule and like you say, you know, Kyle Whittingham has been doing this for a long time. And, uh, you know, that the, the running game is there and the defense and Charlie Brewer knows what he's doing, man. He's got a ton of starts under his belt. I just think that's a, a tremendous fit as well. And again, reviewing game by game, I've got the youth winning 10. So that's a full game and a half over. So I'm confident there. But I'm also confident that UCLA is not going to go eight and four. I just don't see it. They start out again, Hawaii, LSU, uh, difficult. And they're the only uh, so so they're they're playing both Washington and Oregon out of the Pac-12 North Division as well. So I think that's a tough go for the Bruins. Yeah, you I make do a good think case that they'll there. be better. Yep. Chip Kelly, they they were a nice football team to watch last year, despite the three and four record. I thought that they were significantly better. Uh, eight wins, though, for me is a bit much. Um, and then down the line, yeah, Colorado, uh, smoke and mirrors. They won the first four. They lost the last two in embarrassing fashion. And the Stanford number, I just can't ignore it either. I, I, I see how it could be brutal because the schedule is extremely difficult. Maybe the toughest schedule shoot. in the country, yeah. They they do go to Vanderbilt. They should win that game, and they do have, uh, you know. The but yeah, Kansas that, State and Notre Dame are the other two non-conference games there, man. You can collect that group of teams, though, in the Pac-12 and say they should go 500 against these collection of four or five. But doesn't it feel like it's just number. a trap? Don't you just feel like that? Don't you think the it USC number is a trap? Well, I go back to 2016, and Ohio State was seven and a half that year. And I thought, what in the world? Am I, what am I? What am I not seeing? And of course, and you're it right. Was Sometimes they just get it wrong. You're right. An yeah. 11 and one Ohio State team. Yeah, yeah, which should have been 10 and two. All right, uh, let's get to the next conference. <laughs> All right, let's get to the SEC, where it just means more. At least two yes, teams more here in a couple of years. All right, I'm going to go Alabama under 11 and a half. You know, Nick Saban hasn't gone. He's got what five national championships, but he has not gone undefeated there five times. I'm going to go Georgia over ten and a half. In fact, I almost made this bet myself because I think the first game of the year is going to tell me whether I win the bet or not against Clemson, right? So, but I I think they're going to beat Clemson actually the first week of the year. So I got Georgia over ten and a half. In fact, I think Georgia's going undefeated in the regular season. I'm going to go Texas A&M under nine and a half. A quick little note here: Kenny White who is a very successful college football handicapper, by the way, for the handicapping nerds. If that's not a name you don't know, you should know that name. 
I listened to his podcast recently, and he put up $5,000 against anybody that would challenge him that A&M will not even finish the season among the top 30 teams in the country. So there you go. Um, I, but I tend to not bet overs, as I said to you before, Mark, on teams that have question marks at quarterback. Okay, so I'm going to go under. I just think 9-3 and three is probably more likely than 10-2. and two. Uh, It's also why I'm going under for Florida. Um, there's so much hype around Emory Jones. We haven't seen anything. I'm going to go over eight and a half against LSU, but I, I mean, I think this team could do anything from five and seven to uh, to twelve and zero. I mean, I, I just think th- this is a more talented version of Michigan, where th- there are so many scenarios here that are at play, and a coaching staff being reshuffled, and a head coach um, where some of the bloom is off the rose. Um, I, I, I have no idea what they will do. I like Ole Miss over seven and a half. I like Missouri under seven, although I'm worried about that because that number seems too easy to me. I'm going to go Kentucky over seven. It's they're a little bit, uh, you know. Mark Stoops is kind of this league's um, mullet. He just goes seven and five, eight and four every year, pretty much. Auburn under seven is one of my very best bets of this season. It's my best bet under in this league. I think I just see a transition change from Gus Malzahn's, you know, uh, hodgepodge of gimmicks to Brian Harson wanting to run a pro-style attack. I, I don't know that they've got the personnel to do that. You had a non-conference game at Penn State. And then I and then if you lose that game, they've got to go what um seven and two the rest of the season in order to hit the over. So uh no. I'm going Auburn under the number. Okay. I I, I think that's gonna be a difficult coaching transition transition. I don't really like any of the overs here all that much, but if you, if you made me pick one best bet, I guess I'd go Mississippi State over the six. Their returning production numbers are very high. Their returning roster talent is very high. You know, you still have a guy with a borderline Hall of Fame resume as a head coach and Mike Leach. Could he get to seven and five? I guess. Tennessee under six. What have they lost? 30 players to the transfer portal. And I know what Joe Milton looks like at quarterback. I'm going to go Arkansas over five and a half because I think they upset Texas in week two in one of the real sandwich spots of the season. They get them at home. I'm going to go South Carolina under three and a half and then Vanderbilt under three. Mark, your thoughts on the Southeastern Conference. Share your picks. One thing to keep in mind with the SEC, of course, uh, because every league goes 500, that the SEC is almost certainly going to win a higher percentage of games than any other conference out of conference. It's typically in the 80-85% range, so these numbers should be high. Um, Alabama was difficult for me to go with, uh, but uh, I think that they'll trip up somewhere, but (laughs) oh my goodness. They went undefeated last year, and I think they're going to be just as good this year, and maybe the defense is better. Like you, out of the gate, I believe Georgia is one of the best teams in the country and that they beat Clemson. I've had that game as uh, something that I've selected for months and months and months, and I don't expect myself to change. I am going with the herd on this one with Texas A&M, but you make a compelling argument, not because you're your buddy Kenny, because I would love to track him down and bet that top 30. Top 30. I yeah. don't even know how he determines the top 30. That would be my first question. How are we going to determine outside the top 25 if they made the top 30? But it's not tough to convince me that they're going to trip up against outside of the the real heavyweights. LSU, Ole Miss, they could lose those games. Yeah, it could be nine and three very easily. It's uh, it's the, the most difficult league. Uh, Florida has a difficult, difficult schedule as they draw, of course, LSU outside the division and Alabama Um, 
And Alabama. Yes, yeah. I, I knew there was somebody else there that I was I was missing. Uh, Mizzou, uh, I, I'm going to go over. I do pick them to go seven and five this season. They've got an interesting trip to Boston College, and what's the trend that I'm seeing, and, and it's probably similar to most years, is that we've got these mid-tier teams in these conferences playing other mid-tier teams, very uh, much winnable games, but toss-up type games that are going to be key to these numbers. And Missouri's got one of those at Boston College. Okay, there's my best bet in the SEC. It's Kentucky. I love Kentucky. And they play four non-conference games. One's against Louisville, who they have throttled the last two years, and I believe continue to be just a much more sound football team than Louisville. I'd be surprised if they lost to Louisville. Their other games are against MAC teams and Sunbelt teams. So they should go 4-0 and outside the league. And if they can't go 3-5, and then I just I think Kentucky's an easy play to go over 7 me. Uh, I was seeing that number, and I think we had the conversation months ago that they were at six and a half, and that's when I, mm -hmm. I really loved that play at that point. Like you, I think Auburn, uh, I of course, they have talent there, top 15 talent, but the, um, yeah, the transition coupled with the schedule is just pretty brutal. And as we go down the line, uh, I do think South Carolina, because of the non-conference games, although they do play Clemson, of course, to finish it off, uh, is going to push them to the four and eight uh, level right there. So that's how I see the SEC. I think we've got uh, three disagreements, although one's a push. Yeah, I don't, even where we disagree, I don't have a strong feeling one way or the other. And you raise an excellent point about inflated win totals in there with the with the four non-conference games and they have that week where they play all the scrubs. That's why I noted Auburn playing at Penn State. I think that that's a unique thing in that league this year, as is LSU at UCLA, but I think Auburn is playing the tougher game, and that's why I've got them with an under. Let's go to one more league here before the break. Let's go to the ACC. I got Clemson under 11.5, and, and I think you win that bet week one when they lose to Georgia. I'm going to take North Carolina under 10, and, I mean, we're talking about a team that hasn't won 10 games in the regular season since Mac Brown coached there originally. So, I mean, that's a huge win total for them, which makes me think I'm getting suckered. See, the fact USC is only at 8.5 and, and North Carolina is at 10, all right, just makes me think that Vegas really, really likes this team. Uh, I'm going to go Miami under 9.5 because I think 9-3 and three is more likely than 10-2 and two with a road game at North Carolina. Look at Pittsburgh's schedule. To me, I think they've got like five wins minimum. Just if they show up and Kenny Pickett can avoid tuberculosis, okay? I mean, just showing up, they've got, I think, five wins minimum on that schedule. So can I just get you know, three more? I, I think I can. So I'm going with Pittsburgh over seven. I'm going to go with BC over seven because I give them a slight nod at home to win that game against Missouri, but wouldn't shock me at all if the SEC team has the superior talent. Virginia Tech, under seven, is one of my best bets this year. I think this is a team, when you look at their schedule, and you start off, you've got North Carolina right away. You've got West Virginia and later on. Get off to a couple of slow start, a couple of losses here, and everything's circulating around uh, the head coach. Uh, you look at what's gone. Their recruiting has fallen off a cliff. It just kind of looks like uh, Justin Fuentes is dead man walking there. NC State over is my best bet over in this league. When you look at their returning talent, this is an eight or nine win team. Now, the schedule is really difficult, including a non-conference game at Mississippi State. But 
I just need him to get to seven and five. Okay, so uh, this was a top twenty-five team last year. I think if this was. Uh, another more well-known program in this league that returned this many guys off a top 25 team, the win total would probably be seven and a half. So I'm going to take the value here and go over with the Wolfpack. I think six and six is more likely than seven and five for Wake Forest, looking at their schedule. Louisville's win total looks way inflated to me, which makes me think that's a trap. But I mean, that's a way under for me. I mean, I think that team may not win five games. Virginia, I guess I'll go over six. I, I guess I think seven and five is more likely than five and seven. I'm a believer in Mackenzie Milton providing some spark for Florida State and that maybe they get an elevation week one hosting Notre Dame, uh, you know, and the, the death of Bobby Bowden and what that means because I'm not as high on Notre Dame this year as you'll see later on. Georgia Tech, I'll go under. Duke, I guess I'll go over, but I'm not really confident about it. Syracuse, I guess I go over, but again, I'm, I'm not really confident about it. What do you think, Mark? You know, you know, this conference, ever since Clemson separated itself from and, and basically switched spots with uh, Florida State and mm-hmm. dominating the league, uh, it's it's become Clemson, of course, and then you get a couple bottom feeders at the bottom that that rotate. You know, right now it's Syracuse, Duke, Georgia Tech, I guess, and then the rest of the league is just wheel a de- wheel of destiny kind of stuff. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. Now <laughs> the know, way it's, North Carolina is recruiting, they might have the number one sure. pick in the draft. That it seems like they're creating a second tier, maybe. Fair. Yes. Okay. North- and 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 possibly Miami and possibly Miami. Miami appear to be that second or tier. healthy Derek King, healthy Derek King Miami is yes yes yeah you got a you got a glut of five and seven to seven and five teams and I agree. so you got to just play percentages here so my percentages and I like three best bets here and two of them mirror what you've got as I mentioned earlier I do not like what's going on at Virginia Tech they are under five hundred in their last thirty five games. They've recruited like garbage. I'm going under seven. They've got a key game against West Virginia out of conference, as we noted. Boston College, I think, may be the second-best team in that division. I really like Jeff Halfley, Phil Jerkovic at quarterback. They have more weapons than they typically have on offense. I just think they've got something going there at Boston College. I like what they're doing. And, again, they host Missouri which could be key that they've got that game at home against their uh, one big non-conference opponent. NC State, um, they, they don't play anybody out of conference. Uh, I think they're a good bet right there as well. I've got them at eight and four. So anybody that I had a full game and a half, I considered, okay, should I make this a best bet? And for NC State, it was my eight and four right there. Similarly, I didn't go with a best bet, but Louisville, I've got at five and seven. So a full game and a half under that six and a half mark right there florida state um i am not extremely confident in this but uh, this is one in which we do differ in the league which i believe is just the one time in the acc i just think their schedule is brutal uh they have five games that they should lose that they're going to be a significant underdog as we stand right here in the first are you week counting of notre dame as the, the opener with notre I dame one of those notre dame yeah. so that's five yep. right out of the gate and i just think that they, they lose two other games in there amongst the Wake Forest of the world uh, in the ACC. So, I'm just going to so say this. If I'm Notre Dame, yep. I don't want any part of going down to Tallahassee to open the season when they honor Bobby Bowden in a full stadium and Mackenzie Milton 
one of the best quarterbacks in the country. Even if he's at 75, 80%, he's still now a top 30 quarterback in the country. That's a better quarterback than Florida State's had since Jameis Winston. But he's been waiting two years to play. You honor Bobby Bowden, all that energy in the stadium. If I'm Notre Dame I, and I'm breaking in a new quarterback myself, I don't want any part of that energy, man. None. See, Steve, anytime somebody brings up a narrative like that, it all sounds good, and you might be right. But I've never seen any kind of any kind of metric given to that. Like it's when people bring up trap games and I'm like, I understand the concept of a trap Mm -hmm. game. You don't have to define it. Just nobody's given it any kind of statistical parameter to say, here are the numbers. It's just this theory out there that people buy into that I need to see evidence of statistically. Okay. All right. We'll take a quick break. We'll come back. Let's get into the Big Ten and Notre Dame in a moment. I want to say thank you to the hundreds of you that support us each month on our Patreon page at patreon.com slash Michigan podcast. That's patreon.com slash Michigan podcast. If you are not currently supporting us now is the time with football season just around the corner. We put a lot of exclusive handicapping information up there. For example, my 2021 college football future bets, the bets I myself have made with my own money. You'll see those posted there for our subscribers. We post daily MLB handicapping picks as well. We're hitting about 60, 61% of those so far this season. We will have some NFL futures bets that I have also placed that I'll be recommending. Those will be placed pretty uh, pretty soon here as well on our Patreon page. So with the most wonderful time of the year just about here, Please support us at patreon.com slash Michigan podcast. It's the best five bucks you're ever going to spend a month. Patreon.com slash Michigan podcast. All right, let's continue on with our good friend Mark Rogers. The voice of college football has his own channel right here on YouTube. You should be checking out uh, and check out his picks all season long. Guy is really good against the number. uh, And he has been helping us go conference by conference with a special edition here of Michigan Podcast this week with our season total win total picks over under every major team and best bets in every league. And we saved the one that we all love the most for last. Let's talk the Big Ten, and I lumped Notre Dame in here as well. Mark, here are my picks for win totals in the Big Ten. I'm going to go Ohio State over 11 because I think 12-0 and is more likely than 10-2. and I will say this, though. I, I don't think the Quinn Ewers edition is, is good for this year's team. I don't. I, I think you've got a way too crowded quarterback room in there, man, and I will be fascinated to see how they operate that, Okay. Wisconsin, especially when a guy says, I'm coming early to get paid for NIL. You know, that NIL money don't look so great, man, when you're buried on the depth chart wearing a red jersey, taking notes nearly as much as when you're playing. All right, so I am going to be fascinated to see how that plays out. Kyle McCord was like a top five quarterback in the country in this class. And he's like, man, I'm going to be playing at Penn State, I guess, next year. I, I just, yeah, you know, C.J. Stroud's looking over his shoulder first 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 overthrown ball against Oregon, am I out? I mean, I don't know. I will be fascinated to see. We've not had a quarterback room like this in college football since there was Jim Kelly, Vin, Vinny Testaverde, and Bernie Kosar all in the same room together at Miami. But that was pre-transfer portal and NIL and everything else. It will be fascinating to watch. The problem is— yeah, Especially in this world, yeah, you can have too many dudes. Yes, yes. And, and- the problem is, though, for the rest of us in this league, is they're so much better than everybody else everywhere else— 
that I don't, they could probably sustain uh, some of that chemistry, uh, uh, potential chemistry problems. So the and rest I know of, you feel bad for Ryan Day and Ohio State, Steve, but the unfortunate part of this as well is they're not staggered in class. You I got know. two redshirt freshmen and two true freshmen. I know. That's why, that's why I seriously situation. believe one of these guys is starting at Penn State next year. I absolutely believe that. Uh, let's get to the rest of my picks in the Big Ten. I've got Wisconsin over nine and a half. My numbers say that the 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 difference between Wisconsin and the West is almost as large as the chasm between Ohio State and the East. I'm going to go Penn State under nine. I think way too much benefit of the doubt is being given uh, from last season. And I, I, I looked at the teams they beat at the end of last year. Like, none of them were good, and one of them was us, who was winless. Uh, so, I, I mean, I, don't, I think they'll be somewhat a top 25 team. I think I have them at 8-4, and 9-3. and three. So, I think that's about where, the, you know, they'll probably go. I'm just, you know, I think nine and 8-4 and four is more likely than 10-2. and two. I'm going to go Notre Dame under 9. I think Notre Dame has lost a ton. Uncertain quarterback situation. To me, you bring Jack Cohn in because you're looking for a guy just to get you through this year. Uh, when, the, uh, when the young kid Buckner you think is ready to go, uh, that means you're kind of caught in between here a little bit. Their schedule, you know, it's Notre Dame, so you know it's not easy. I'm, I'm telling you, man, circle that opener at Florida State. That just smells like an ambush to me. Okay, Iowa under eight and a half. This is actually not listed here as a best bet uh, for the under because I've got another one uh, that uh, uh, oh, it should have been a best bet. My bad. Uh, I did it wrong. I gave two over best bets. It was Iowa under eight and a half is my best under bet in the conference in this year. And that was listed earlier on my Patreon page. Um, I think it's more likely they start 0-2 than go 9-3. and I've got Michigan under seven and a half. That was also one of my best bets on Patreon when it was eight, at, because I just couldn't see where they got to nine and three. But at seven and a half, I would completely lay off of that because I do think there's a possible eight and four there, maybe. Uh, Indiana over seven and a half. Um, I I absolutely think eight and four is more likely than uh, seven and five for Indiana. I think they're kind of underrated again, actually. Uh, I'm going to go Minnesota over seven. I guess. You know, I, I guess they're somewhere closer to what they we saw in 2019 than what we saw last year, I guess. Northwestern, I'm going to go under the six and a half. No team in our league lost more this year. Um, Nebraska, I'm going to go under six because if you've seen that schedule, five and seven is a hell of a lot more likely than seven and five. Maryland, I'll go under six for the same reason. Uh, although they're uh, the kind of team with the way they're structured, you don't want to have to play them probably on a week-to-week basis um, because they do have enough firepower to get somebody, uh, you know, every now and then. Purdue, I'm going to go over five just simply because Jeff Brom has to know he's coaching for his job. But, but I'm not really confident on that either. What if they had 14 defensive coordinators there or something since he's been there? Michigan State, over four and a half. Not really confident. I, I, I think four and eight is what I have. I guess five and seven, four and eight. I don't know. Uh, to me, I wouldn't touch that one at all. Um, Rutgers under four, because I think three and nine is more likely than five and seven, despite the improvement. But the overall best bet I love more than any in this league. Now, I got it at Illinois over three, and I really loved it there. I still love it at over three and a half. In fact, that opener against Nebraska. I think they got the better quarterback in the game. Um, I think they got the better head coach in the game. Illinois has more super seniors returning than any team in our league. 
And this is a team that did just go to a bowl game with a lot of these same guys two years ago, and you're bringing in a head coach with an incredible pedigree uh, in Brett Bielema in our league. So I love Illinois over the three and a half, but I loved it even more back in May when I got it at three. So, Mark, your picks here in the Big Ten. Six differences. Wow. 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 Lots of stuff to chew on here. And, uh, yes, the Buckeyes, I believe, are going to lose a game. Where's it going to be? Well, you're going to have to check out my picks later. Ryan, Uh, Ryan Day has not lost a Big Ten game yet. So there you go. And so they lose to Oregon and they lose to somebody else. We shall see. But, uh, yeah, I think the Buckeyes lose once. But if you push me, I, I think 12-0 and 0 is more likely, much more likely than 10-2. and 2. Wisconsin, I'm not quite as high, but I'm pretty confident that they beat that number. I like the Badgers to go 10-2, and 2, but, again, not quite as high as you are. I'm searching for that one. I'm really um, was on the fence between Wisconsin and Iowa to win the Western Division. Therefore, you see the over with the Hawkeyes, the over with Notre Dame. I don't think their schedule is that difficult. And I know they have the obvious losses, but uh, I I just think Notre Dame's a rock-solid program that has built something there that's just below the elite. So I'm comfortable with the the nine push, but uh, more likely, again, I don't see that team going eight and four. I just do not see it at all. Uh, Northwestern is a team that I didn't expect to go into this process uh, thinking that they may win eight games this season. Uh, I I just uh, like what Pat Fitzgerald's doing there, and um, I, I like Northwestern coming back and being strong with Ryan Holinsky at quarterback. Uh, Nebraska, yes, the schedule's overwhelming for them. Uh, when they Once they get down the stretch, they are going to have to lock up a lot of wins early. They come down the stretch. It's one of the toughest stretches in college football. Uh, Maryland's one of the more intriguing teams in the Big Ten for me because they could be extremely explosive on offense, and they've recruited well on defense. It just hasn't been put together, and I don't have any confidence to date in Mike Loxley. I think he is one of the worst coaches, head coaches in the Power Five. Michigan State, I think, has its struggles ahead of it. The quarterback situation is a bit of a mess and still being worked out. Uh, Rutgers, I believe in Greg Schiano, but yeah, I'm right on the fence with them, uh, but I'm going with the over. And you make a great case for Illinois, but as I just add up the the games, game by game, I'm not coming up with uh, four. Basically, you've got... Nebraska and Michigan firing their head coaches when you look at your picks. I do. I've got the Wolverines at seven and five. I've got the Huskers at six and six. See, I I wonder if a sneaky loser leave town match. Remember that game a few years ago, LSU and Auburn with Gus and Les. Remember that? Oh, yeah. And essentially whoever lost that game was getting fired probably that following Monday and did. Remember? Okay. I kind of wonder at the end of the year, we might look back on that Michigan at Nebraska game. If only one of those guys gets canned and not both, if, I wonder if we look back and that was the game that was kind of the swing game there, one way or the other, if you know what I'm saying. I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. All uh, right, man. I think Scott Frost is safer than Jim Harbaugh. See, I actually think it's the other way around with the with the AD move. I do. Um, now, I don't think it's much. Now, I don't think Jim Harbaugh is very safe, okay, because I don't think the team will be that good. But I, I think that there is um, – he has a better football team than Scott Frost does 
terms of talent. That's that's pretty key or clear. He's got more winnable games. And now you've got a new AD there that is going to, even though he's another Husker, he's going to be pretty anxious, I think, to put his own stamp on the program. I don't know how, if they go a fourth year in a row without any postseason or a winning record, I, I just don't know how you justify that. I, I just, I don't care how many games a guy won, well, you know, 25 years ago playing for you. You're freaking Nebraska. This is, as Brady Hoke once said, this is Nebraska for God's sakes. I mean, you can't do that, man. Six and six, though, may spare him while Jim yeah, I, guess, have to go I agree. If, if they get to a bowl game, I agree. Faust will not be let go, no matter what the record is. I agree with that. I agree with that. Okay. Good stuff, man. Appreciate it as always. All right. Take care. Love it. Fun stuff. You Thanks, bet. Steve. Great job, Mark. Thank you so much. Great. Have a good day. Thanks, Aaron. Appreciate it. See you. want to say thank you to the hundreds of you that support us each month on our Patreon page at patreon.com slash Michigan podcast. That's patreon.com slash Michigan podcast. If you are not currently supporting us now is the time with football season just around the corner. We put a lot of exclusive handicapping information up there. For example, my 2021 college football future bets, the bets I myself have made with my own money. You'll see those posted there for our subscribers. We post daily MLB handicapping picks as well. We're hitting about 60, 61% of those so far this season. We will have some NFL futures bets that I have also placed that I'll be recommending. Those will be placed pretty uh, pretty soon here as well on our Patreon page. So with the most wonderful time of the year just about here, Please support us at patreon.com slash Michigan podcast. It's the best five bucks you're ever going to spend a month. Patreon.com slash Michigan podcast. This week's Twitter poll, we asked you how many different players will start at quarterback for Michigan this season. 56.5% of you voted two. 28.9% of you voted three. 14.6% of you voted one. I am on the record. I think all three, Bowman, McCarthy, and Matt McNamara, will end up starting a game this year. I hope I'm wrong about that. But that's already one of the predictions that I made. Let's get to our feedback of the week. And this comes from Aaron Bryant, who says, I've come to this conclusion. By the time the game clock reads quadruple zeros after the Washington maze out, We'll all know if Harbaugh will be our coach in 2022. Let me caution on that. So in in 2016, Brian Kelly had a disastrous season at Notre Dame. They went 4-8. A lot of talk that maybe his program uh, had petered out uh, as well. He did what Harbaugh is attempting to do now, which rarely works. But he's one of the cases where it did work. He revamped everything. Revamped the whole coaching staff, the recruiting support staff, everything. And then the next year, they had an early season home game under the lights there in South Bend against Georgia. And a lot of people thought that this was a game that was kind of a must-win game for Brian Kelly and Notre Dame. Notre Dame played well that night, but still lost to Georgia, who went on to be one play away from winning the national championship that season. And there were a lot of people that thought, hey, I think that probably just is handwriting on the wall there for Brian Kelly. And yet, That effort showed that the team was dramatically improved. They went on and had a solid, you know, not spectacular, but solid bounce back year. And then in 2018, made the college football playoff. I don't think Michigan's season is over 
if they lose that game to Washington, if they play well and there's something to build on for the rest of the season. But if they don't play well, then I, I, I clearly think guys then start thinking, here we go again. So I, I don't think that's a major benchmark game. Let me tell you what I think a major benchmark game is. At Wisconsin a couple of weeks later. I mean, Michigan has has played the last two years against Wisconsin and, and just been emasculated. I mean, Wisconsin has removed their scrotums live on television, showed it to them and everybody else, and then placed them on the ground and stomped on them with a steel-toed boot. I mean, Wisconsin has humiliated us. I mean, even watching those games, you walk out of there and your voice gets higher, okay? So to me, that's a game where Michigan needs to show it can punch back. I think that's an early benchmark game for sure. But in the Washington game, you know, there's still a lot of changes here. It's only week two. I know I think that's a game actually Michigan's going to win, but as long as they the the team comes out of there thinking, hey, you know what, we didn't win, but I can see these changes are making some progress. I go back to Notre Dame in 2017 and that Georgia game and what it did for them. Now they cannot face plant. If they do that, well then I mean I mean Harbaugh's gonna have to be an Albert Schweitzer level physician to resurrect the patient. Okay, but as long as they are competent that evening, and it's a game all the way to the end, then I don't think that necessarily tells us all we need to know about the season one way or the other if they lose that way. But we'll see. And that's why they play the games. All right, that's going to do it for this week's episode of Michigan Podcast. Please don't forget, like, rate, subscribe, five-star review, uh, follow, whatever the case may be is on your platform of choice, whether it's YouTube, iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play. Please help us to find even more Michigan fans and gawking Ohio State Bucknuts just like you. And please also follow us on Twitter at Michigan Podcast in between episodes to keep up to date on what we think about all things maize and blue. Until the next time, I'm Steve Dace. Go for it.